Okay, here we go, hour two of our little show. As I mentioned to uh, to Mr. Pete in an email, and also to you, Adam Bergstrom, who's a good friend and great researcher, and he's on our show oh several times a month, uh, even more sometimes. And he he's a fan and uh, knows a lot about the work of Mr. Ray Pete. He's on the line. Adam, you there? I am here. There you are. Yes, Ray Pete is a, a PhD in biology from University of Oregon. He specialization in physi- physiology. The schools he's taught in include University of Oregon, Urbana College, Montana State University, National College of Naturopathic Medicine. Uh, he started his work in, uh, with progesterone and related hormones in 1968 and in papers in physiological chemistry and physics. I mean, he's got such an incredible background and very well respected around the world. Uh, Ray Pete, and he's on the line. Mr. Pete, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, just five years. Has it been five years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you most passionate about these days, Mr. Ray Pete, and, and your work? And say, by the way, Ray, say hi to Adam Bergstrom. Oh, yeah, hi. I, I've read his stuff on, on the yellow fat disease. Very, very great work. Thank you, Ray. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you for turning me on to the concept because the first time I ever heard the words was out of your mouth. Oh. And, and you mentioned it on Patrick's show, too. Oh, really? The last time. Yes, you did. <laughs> when did you first uh, get turned on to the yellow fat uh, thing, Ray? Oh, uh, in the 1940s, uh, we, a family friend of ours uh, was a chinchilla farmer. Uh, and he found that uh, fish were poisoning his chinchillas. But uh, uh, that made me uh, check the idea of essential fatty acids. And at that time, in the late 40s and early 50s, any time someone mentioned the idea of essential fatty acids, it, it was very uh, tentative uh, because uh, in Texas, uh, the... the uh, uh, one, one of the uh, research institutes, uh, I don't remember the exact name of it, uh, 1946 demonstrated <clears throat> that the so-called fatty acid deficiency disease was really a vitamin B6 deficiency because they could feed them a fat-free diet, cause the, the scaly skin symptoms and so on, and cure the disease with a supplement of vitamin B6 without any fat added. So uh, I sort of grew up with the concept that that the uh, fatty acid essentiality is, uh, first it was a mistake and then it turned into a fraud. <clears throat> and uh, uh, then in the 1970s, uh, I saw research in which they fed uh, uh, saturated fat or, or highly polyunsaturated fats or a mixture to rats through their whole lifetime and they found that it wasn't the quantity of fat that made made them obese, it was the degree of unsaturation uh, so that the ones that ate saturated fats such as coconut oil were lean at the end of their lives Hmm. no matter how much they ate Uh, and the, the ones that ate only polyunsaturated fat were fat at the end of their lives, even if they had a low-fat diet. Now, Adam, you jump in any time. You don't need me. You can just jump in. We're just having a combo here. So these are the uh, classic things, right, Pete, called PUFAs, right, polyunsaturated fatty acids. Highly unsaturated fatty acids, uh, omega-3s mainly, DHA, EPA, ALA. 
Uh, yeah, those those are so <clears throat> sensitive to oxygen, oxygen uh, degradation that uh, people have have checked the blood content uh, after someone eats uh, a fatty fish and finds that very little of them even reach the bloodstream. And when they do, they're an oxidized breakdown product. Uh, The great majority of the fat is degraded by the time it gets into your bloodstream. Really? So so overall, then, uh, we humans, you don't think, repeat, we need to be eating any fish at all? Um, uh, Only because of the trace minerals that are reliably in seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, selenium and iodine, for example, aren't reliable. In If you eat foods grown only in one locality, you can become deficient in a particular trace mineral. In your opinion, any fish better than others to eat if you're going to have a little fish? Oh, uh, yeah, the, the low-fat fish mm-hmm. and the shellfish. Shellfish are great sources of copper because they... Uh, generally don't don't use iron uh, oysters are high in iron but uh, squid is very good it's uh, low in iron and high in copper and has selenium and uh, uh, iodine and other trace minerals uh, cod and sole are low fat fish that are safe cod and sole huh? mm-hmm. uh, uh. so uh, but, but these fatty fish you, you eat them before they even get to where they're going? They start causing the body a problem? Um, uh, yeah, if you take, uh, say, a fish oil supplement and and then look in your bloodstream, hmm. uh, there's enough of the oxidized fat already to suppress the immune system. That's why they uh, use them as anti-inflammatories. But the trouble is that they accumulate and uh, create progressive uh, suppression of your immune system. And uh, people talk about them being required for the brain structure because if you look at, at an adult's brain, it's full of fish oil equivalents. Uh, but a newborn, uh, there have been uh, many publications uh, saying that uh, when they check the brain of, of a, a newly uh, uh, born, but uh, uh, say a miscarriage, mm-hmm. they find that the brain is very low in polyunsaturated fatty acids. Uh, and so they say uh, you, you must supplement pregnant women uh, with fish oil or, or the equivalent because babies are being born with a, a brain deficiency of PUFA. But uh, in, in France, there was a study uh, in which they did give uh, a proof of supplement to pregnant women, uh, figuring that they would advance brain development, and so they gave a, a sound uh, test to, to the, the woman's abdomen to measure the baby's response. They found that uh, the babies uh, learned more slowly in utero if they had extra uh, PUFA added to the diet, and they were born with smaller brains. And uh, that shouldn't have been done in humans because already in the 1960s and 70s, experiments were showing that animals, uh, uh, if the mother was fed a diet high in unsaturated fat, the babies were born 
small-brained and slow learners, uh, if they were low in PUFA, but fed, for example, saturated fat, the babies had bigger brains and learned faster. Hmm. Are, are any of these uh, unsaturated fats like uh, olive oil, in your opinion, or good food? It's about 8 or 10 or 11 percent PUFA. The rest of it is very good fat. Okay. So if you hold it down to one or two teaspoons per day, mm-hmm. you're safe. Yeah. Uh, all during the growth time uh, up to the age of 20, uh, the, the body is diluting the PUFA in the diet. So the brain uh, isn't seriously impaired until about the age of 20. When you stop growing in size and volume, the, the brain and other tissues begin increasing their concentration of PUFA. Uh, so from 20 to the mid-40s, uh, the brain is becoming more and more polyunsaturated and so more at risk of uh, stress. When you're under stress, you release these <clears throat> any of the stored proof <clears throat> uh, into the bloodstream where they can become oxidized and toxic. So in the fish oil and the EPA, DHA arena, not only what you're talking about, don't we? All, isn't there also the issues of these things being... Uh, rancid, the way they're produced and stored and such? Oh, oh yeah, that, that gives a head start on the problem. Yeah, wow. But even if you eat the most perfectly fresh uh, uh, PUFA, by the time it reaches your stomach, it's deteriorating, and then when it gets into the tissue, it's farther along, and some of it reaches your brain and is stored for years, uh, but then... Uh, every night uh, your brain is renewing itself considerably but unfortunately during the night your free fatty acids in the blood coming out of your your fat tissues uh, rise and so the brain is trying to renew itself but what it finds in your bloodstream uh, by the time you're 40 is uh, polyunsaturated uh, fatty acids that uh, add to the damage of the brain uh, so that every night when you're over the age of 40, your, your brain is at risk of deteriorating faster. Oh, great. That's just all we need, right? <laughs> That's great. Right, Pete is with us, and Adam Bergstrom's co-hosting the show today because he, he's done a lot of research with, with Mr. Pete, Patrick Timpone, Ray, uh, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. If you'd like to join the show, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, Adam, what's the most fascinating thing you've kind of picked up on the whole yellow fat thing that uh, you were first alerted to with uh, Ray Pete? I found references of it also causing brown heart disease, and it was known that cod liver oil was a cause of it at about the time of the Civil War. And there are several references, maybe about a half a dozen or close to a dozen that I've found from that time. So this has been been known for a long time. And also, people forget that in 1982, in the book Life Extension by Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw, they basically told you to walk big circles around omega-3s and mentioned specifically DHA and EPA. And uh, the author of uh, Never Cry Wolf, I believe, uh, Farley Mowat, he also... Uh, recommended avoiding fish and that the Inuit avoided fish 
and it was the government that gave them nets. The Canadian government gave them nets, and they wouldn't use it because they knew if they ate just those fish, those cold water fish, they would die. And that is in his book about the Inuit, uh, the uh, the people of the deer, I believe it's called. Fascinating. Right, Ray Pete, so the DHA EPA molecule or whatever it is, do we need any of this, like just go right to straight to some seaweeds or, I don't know, something there? Do we need it? And, and do we get it in other places other than than, than uh, uh, fish oils and stuff? Um, no, if, if we eat only sugar, for example, for calories, uh, we synthesize uh, the monounsaturated fat, such as is the main fat of olive oil, oleic acid. And from oleic acid, whether we get it from a, a good food like olive oil or make it from our own sugar or starch in our diet, that can be unsaturated. And the normal uh, polyunsaturated fat in our brain at birth is made from glucose uh, by first making oleic acid and then unsaturating that. And these are omega minus nine polyunsaturated fats. They're our natural fat. An Australian researcher tested, he he found an easy source of omega minus nine fatty acids and found that they are very powerfully anti-inflammatory and they don't break down and oxidize easily because they have nine carbons at the end that are saturated, uh, which are very stable. Uh, and uh, the, the uh, uh, acid at the other end is a stabilizing factor. Uh, so omega minus nine fats are natural and concentrate in the brain and give good brain function and good stability against oxidation. The the whole concept of essential fatty acids, which was disproved in Texas in 1946, uh, it was brought back in the 1950s when the the food oil industry Hmm. uh, found they had lots of uh, uh, cottonseed oil was the first. It was a byproduct of the cotton industry. And they were polluting the country with the waste cottonseed, and they found that they could extract the oil, make people eat it as a food lubricant, basically. Mm-hmm. There was a great campaign around 1950 to sell Wesson oil, cottonseed oil. Oh, yeah. They gave recipes for making special uh, pastries and cakes mm-hmm. using that instead of butter. Uh, so it was all an advertising ploy starting in the 1950s. Yes. <clears throat> and people uh, accepted the advertising and uh, people grew up uh, believing in essential fatty acid concept. So when they went to medical school and did research, uh, it became the official uh, doctrine uh, and uh, by the 1960s, people were already being poisoned by eating their cottonseed oil and soy oil and so on. The medical industry had convinced itself that there was such a thing as essential fatty acids and that 
uh, they were protective, was the advertising line. They would protect you against uh, cholesterol and saturated fats. And so they put several hundred veterans in Los Angeles on a diet uh, with only the uh, vegetable polyunsaturated fats or a fairly normal diet containing some butter and cream and lard and so on. Uh, Not really a saturated fat, but just an average diet. At the end of eight years, there were three times as many cancer deaths in the group on vegetable oil as on the normal diet. And so they stopped the study and said, well, it doesn't doesn't protect against heart disease, so we'll (laughs) stop. But they didn't advertise the fact that it greatly increased the cancer mortality, which had been known in in animal studies already, but the, the medical industry fell for the food oil advertising line. I, I grew up in the 50s, and I know Adam probably did. I don't know how old you are, Ray, but boy, I can remember the Western oil commercials. Boy, they were everywhere. Yeah. 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 Wow. Everywhere. So in general, with good from good sources... Uh, these any most saturated fats are just fine to consume for us. Um, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the trouble is that even uh, the the good fats, uh, olive oil has eight or ten percent PUFA, uh, butter has two or three percent, even coconut oil has two or three percent. Yeah, and these are uh, the, the cells don't prefer to oxidize those because they're dangerous and poison the mitochondria. So they're packed away in fat cells. And and so uh, even a a highly selected so-called saturated fat diet, we're putting some of these into storage and they're getting into the brain and fat tissues. And so uh, by the time a person is 50, even if they've been reasonable in their diet choices, they're still going to have too much of of the PUFA in their body, and uh, that makes you more susceptible to any stress when they come out and poison you more intensely. Wow. Go ahead, Adam. I was going to say it's how you make lipofuscin, too, and uh, lipofuscin now has been shown to be not just a passive waste product, but it they it groups into uh, iron, zinc, and other toxic metals and uses them against the human body and any body except if you're a salmon listening to this show, then DHA is okay. Uh, in 1970, when I was working on my dissertation, uh, trying to understand uh, why uh, hamsters uh, aged and became sterile uh, halfway through their lifetime. I found that uh, their uh, uterus was accumulating lipofuscin, and uh, uh, so I studied it, and it becomes uh, like a little uh, oxygen-consuming. It's a a brown speck in the cell, but it binds uh, iron and other heavy metals, as you said, uh, and uh, that acts like uh, an artificial hemoglobin that uh, uh, delivers... Uh, oxygen to reducing agents, and so it it uh, produces uh, uh, the breakdown products peroxidate peroxide, uh, and uh, consumes oxygen before it can get to your mitochondria. So it it you seem to be consuming oxygen, but you're not using it. Uh, when I was doing that, 
uh, just for fun, I, I bought a, a quart of uh, vegetable oil. Uh, uh, might have been uh, soy oil or, or one of the standard liquid oils, and put a clear plastic tube in the neck of the bottle and sealed it and put the end, other end of the tube in a glass of water and uh, uh, came back a few hours later and it was sucking up water. Uh, I had been using that method to, to measure the oxygen consumption of hamster uterus and so on. And I found that the the, the bottle of vegetable oil was sucking up oxygen uh, in the process of, of degrading itself. It, it was consuming oxygen just like an animal would. Uh, so when you get it in your body, it competes with your mitochondria in a purely wasteful, destructive process. Wow. Right, Pete and Adam Bergstrom and Patrick Timponi, OneRadioNetwork.com. Let's move on. We got so we got a lot of emails, and we're going to get to them. But I wanted to uh, get Ray Pete's uh, opinion because it's been a long time since I've talked to. And uh, by the way, it's RayPete.com. You check out his work, and he has a lot of stuff there. Uh, so much has been talked about of late of the, the grains and, 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 the, and the lectins and all this stuff, and they're they're not for us and human conception and bad, whatever. Um, Give us your opinion on what you think, just grains in general, and let's consider that whenever you're talking about it, we'll be talking about good, well-farmed, organic, whatever, whatever it be, rice or wheat or whatever. Uh, what, what's your what's your take on all the grain thing that's going on in the world today with all the... Oh, I, 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 in the 1960s, I, I was living and working in Mexico. I had a school there, and... Uh, I got interested in uh, how people could could be fed economically, uh, and grains are, are a very cheap source of starch, uh, but they come with a, a, a variety of defensive toxins. Uh, for a plant, uh, its uh, leaves are important. Uh, cows uh, and insects eat their leaves. Uh, and so they put some toxins in their leaves, but they can regenerate the leaves. But their seeds are essential for the next generation to survive. So the the worst toxins that a plant can produce are put into the seeds as defense against predators. Uh, and so the traditional uh, societies, like like the uh, indigenous Mexican preparation of, of any grain, was to soak it in lye, uh, lye or, or uh, lime. Hmm. Uh, but um, uh, in, in China and other countries, the same thing was practiced. If they used grain, they would uh, uh, have ashes left over from, from their fires, and so they would put the ashes in and boil the, the grains with acid and the, uh, or with lye, uh, alkali. Uh, it would break down uh, the uh, uh, starches and the storage proteins, the gluten-like chemicals. Uh, and uh, uh, so the, uh, the native Mexican diet based on corn, no one was getting pellagra. But in the south, when people uh, uh, started growing corn, they didn't know the traditional uh, lye or lime treatment. And so a pellagra became an epidemic through the southern states because of the corn in the diet. Um, and, and corn is one of the less toxic grains. Uh, 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 any, any grain should be 
uh, highly uh, processed, such as with lime or lye, to uh, degrade the toxins. And uh, just soaking uh, the, uh, a fresh grain, if you soak it for a day or two, that activates enzymes, <clears throat> and turning it into basically a sprout, then the the toxins are uh, reduced. The, the the root and the the shoot will have some toxins, but uh, the main the worst toxins are in the seed itself. So, if one wants to consume a good organic brown rice or something like that, just soak it for twenty four hours is the best way to do it before cooking it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it loses some of its characteristic taste, but it's a lot safer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, here's an email for you all um, from Lindsay. What uh, what thyroid medication does Ray Pete recommend for hypothyroid, and why is there such a scarcity of naturethoid? Naturethoid. Um, it's a fairly long story. I've got some articles on my website about it, but uh, until about 1940, uh, the the agriculture uh, department uh, hadn't uh, required that it be relieved, removed from. Uh, uh, meat, uh, uh, the, the waste from the slaughterhouses uh, used to be uh, put into hamburger and such. In 1940 or 42, the Agriculture Department declared that the thyroid gland had to be sold uh, to the basically the armor uh, meat company to produce thyroid uh, hormone. Uh, by desiccating the gland, uh, uh, removing the fat, adding glucose to it, and putting it in tablets. But until that time, anyone who was eating uh, a traditional meat-based diet, uh, for example, in Germany, they would put the thyroid gland and other parts into sausages. Uh, And anyone that made traditional fish or chicken soup, the the neck and the thyroid and, and the head, uh, would go into the soup, so everyone was getting thyroid as a natural supplement. Uh, after 1942, uh, it was by law not permitted in food. So uh, at that point, we became uh, dependent on uh, a supplement. Uh, it, it, uh, it's our, our natural antidote to uh, the accumulation of polyunsaturated fats in the tissues because those, as they build up in the blood, block every function of of the thyroid hormone. They block the production of it in your gland, uh, the transport in your blood, uh, and the reception and use of it in your mitochondria. Uh, So PUFA are the great enemy of thyroid, and if we aren't allowed to get it in our natural chicken soup or fish soup, uh, then uh, we're dependent on getting it as a supplement. And Armour uh, made a great supplement for uh, almost 100 years. Uh, then they sold their company to Revlon, the, the cosmetics company, and the price went up about tenfold. And uh, in a series of sales, the, the pills went from less than one cent each up to close to a dollar each, simply as a, a matter of uh, financial uh, uh, arrangements. But still, uh, Armour has gone with the new owners. Armour has gone through a series of problems because they changed the formula 
added various junk to it, but uh, insisted it hasn't changed because it's still called armor thyroid. But uh, there, since then, uh, other companies have taken over uh, more or less the traditional armor formula, but it depends on who they uh, are getting their uh, glandular material from. Uh, the the uh, armor descendant, Forest Pharmaceuticals, uh, said several years ago that they uh, were using the raw material of the gland to extract uh, thyrocalcitonin to regulate calcium. That used to be a part of the natural thyroid supplement. Uh, so uh, now it's hard to know whether your uh, thyroid glandular has been pre-extracted losing the calcitonin component. Uh, so since the 1990s, I've uh, been using a product made in Mexico called Sino uh, uh, Plus, which imitates uh, the Armour formula. The Armour company uh, made a, a synthetic equivalent of the glandular and called it Thyrolar. Huh. Uh, and that formula was exactly copied by a couple other companies, but Sino uh, Plus continues to make the uh, armor equivalent in a synthetic form. Uh, when I started buying it, uh, 100 tablets cost 60 cents, and now they're, they're selling for about $20 uh, for a bottle, but still it's cheaper. Uh, it, it, uh, the uh, equivalent uh, it made in the U.S. is uh, close to $100 for that many tablets. Ray Pete is with us, and Adam called back on the landline. We were getting lots of uh, weird noises on your Skype. Thanks for doing that, Adam. You know, um, Mr. Pete, I, I've been real curious about, let's see if I have this right, where you've been a, a kind of a proponent, and, and, and I think it has this thyroid functionality to it of a faster mm, pulse rate, meaning uh, actually been more healthful, like a 70 beats per minute rather than 60, and an indication of thyroid function. Is that, is that correct? Um, yeah. Uh, there were some studies in the 1980s of, uh, of various things related to heart rate. Uh, they found that brain function closely corresponded to heart rate. Uh, they looked at kids in, in school and high school and uh, saw that their grade average corresponded to their heart rate and uh, that led them to look at people with pacemakers and they they would give a person with pacemakers set at 70 beats a mental test and then they would just turn the regulator up and give them an 85 per minute heart rate and their mental functions all in, in, improved uh, and uh, there were studies that uh, showed that if your blood pressure and heart rate increased every year a little bit on average, you were doing well. But uh, they, they saw that if, uh, at, for example, at the age of 70 or so, your pulse rate stopped increasing or even started decreasing, uh, those people didn't have a, a long life expectancy. Really? Uh, as, as long as things were tightening up with age, in effect, compensating for the increased inefficiency because of the PUFA storage. If you could keep 
uh, increasing your uh, blood delivery, you were making up for that inefficiency from the stored lipofuscin. I'll be done. Yeah, the, the reason I ask is because, you know, mine's, mine's about 55 or 60, and if I get 65 or so at night, Mr. Pete, I mean, I can I can tell if I'm above 60, and it I don't feel good. It feels kind of anxious and feels like a body doesn't want to sleep. It's almost, almost you know what I'm saying? Um, Have you checked your temperature at those times? Um, if your uh, hands are cold, uh as you're increasing your heart rate, that means you're running on adrenaline, which is not good. Oh, okay. Uh, your hands should be warm, and your uh, oral temperature shouldn't be uh, too much above your hand temperature. Uh, keeping your your adrenaline low uh, will let your heart rate uh, correspond to your metabolic rate. And when you get your temperature up so that your uh, temperature rises to about 98 when you wake up right. and then uh, gets up to 98.5 or 6 or 7 uh, when you're moving around, uh, then your heart will uh, have a corresponding increase in rate. And and that goes with also an increased stroke volume of the heart, so it delivers more blood per beat. Uh, if you're um, having high adrenaline or, or other stress hormones, your uh, heart is going to have a, a short uh, stroke, not deliver very much per beat, and so it has to beat faster. And uh, that leads to in, inefficiency and, and tissue stress. So if you get the body temperature up, am I hearing you correctly, the heart may beat a little faster, but that's you won't feel the anxiety because of uh, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the, what you're the, saying? Yeah, when your metabolism is is going at a, a good high rate, mm-hmm. you're producing carbon dioxide in, in proportion to your oxygen consumption. And the carbon dioxide has a relaxing, uh, constructive, sedative effect. That's what, Adam, you talk a lot about the carbon dioxide. Yes, definitely. I got the information from uh, Dr. Ray P. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and by the way, let me... Let me add that we're just uh, discussing the snowflake on the tip of the iceberg because Dr. Ray Pete is a true polymath. He's a renaissance man. I recommend you go to his website and read his numerous blogs. He also sells a newsletter. And I don't know when his books are coming back uh, online, but he uh, he writes books also. Well, good good plug there. Uh, Ray Pete, uh, stay right there, Mr. Pete. We're going to do a couple commercials, okay? Okay. You guys stay right there. Wow, what fun. Uh, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We have lots of emails here. I'm not sure how long Mr. Pete can hang out. I'll ask him when we go back, and let's do a few things here, and then we'll be right back. Uh, stay right there. Previously, we talked with Dr. Rulin Zhu about using Pearlsium on your teeth. You have to experience huh. it. You'll yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's what I've been saying to my listeners. I keep saying, can't even explain this. Just buy it. Just click on it. Buy some. Trust me. Just trust me. And you're going to like the way your teeth look. <laughs> That's what I keep telling. Dentists, they did an experiment uh, on their uh, clients and they literally prove and they literally show the picture every day. You know, when they take it in a few days, their tooth literally become, like you said, like a pearl. Pearl, hmm. um, 
like a pearl, and it looks so beautiful and really white and shiny. Yeah, it really works, and it's also scientifically proven by the、um, experiment. And he literally proved it is not only good for your teeth; he also proved it's also good for your gum. Try some of this pearl serum. I think you're going to love it. You can try it internally as well. Helps with sleep. Great way to get、uh, absorbable calcium, and also on your face. Hey, you'll see the green ad there, the beautiful green container. Get the capsules or the powder. Pearlsium. Click and order. OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously, with Andrew Goss, I asked him why would someone want to buy coins from his company. So, if you don't know coins, you better know your coin dealer. And you know you shouldn't buy coins from someone who isn't well-known, registered dealer. So, if they're an NGC dealer, they're they're registered with NGC. If they're a PCGS dealer, they're registered with PCGS. Ask questions. Don't just oh yeah, here's ten grand or fifty grand or one hundred and fifty grand. I just want to buy coins.、Uh, you know, let me know what I'm getting. And no, that's that's not how an intelligent investor does it. And we do not let you do that. So if you're if you're not willing to learn about the coins that you're buying, maybe you should find another coin firm. Don't call this one because we're going to insist that you know why and and how a coin is rare. And once you know that, then I think you can take that knowledge into the marketplace and make intelligent investment decisions. Ah, what a concept! Intelligent investment decisions. I've known Andrew for twenty-five years. He's the real deal. His company, STL eight hundred four six eight two six four six. Give him a call if you're interested. Eight hundred four six eight twenty six forty six. Once again, our, our、uh, just heartfelt thanks to all of you in the outpouring of. Love and affection and、uh, goodwill for Andrew Goss, who who left us、um, at the mortal coil, as they say, a few days ago. Suddenly, brain aneurysm and uh, uh, just hundreds of emails and all kinds of stuff. So we really, really appreciate it. PhD in biology, University of Oregon. He's、uh, really well studied for a long, long time, as you can hear. Dr. Ray Pete, as Adam said, his website. Is raypeat.com. You're going to find all kinds of things there, newsletter, and、uh, well, his books and things like that. Mr. Pete, let, let's stick with the temperature minute. So let's see if we, if I, if I'm hearing you, what you're saying. So, is the body temperature? So the whole Broda Barnes idea of in the morning you want to have it, what 98.6 by mouth or 97 what 0.6 under the arm, something like that.、Mm-hmm. Um, is is that a is that a mechanism? Of thyroid only, or there there must be other things going on. Does it necessarily mean you have a pokey thyroid? And if you do have a pokey thyroid, what's your best suggestions?、Uh, Broda Barnes、uh, spent most of his career up in Colorado at a high altitude,、oh. uh, where where people were seldom overheated、uh, <laughs> with with high humidity. And in Eugene in the summer,、uh, with Uh, some days were very humid and hot. I found that hypothyroid people would come in with normal temperatures,、ah. and I realized that even a dead person would have a, a fairly <laughs> good temperature、uh, when the, the environmental temperature is very high. So、sure. I started looking at the pulse rate as well as the temperature, and、uh, there were、uh, lots of experiments <clears throat> with. The quality of brain function, according to brain temperature, as, as well as pulse rate and a delivery of blood 
uh, glucose and, and oxygen to the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone uh, devised a, sort of a heating pad integrated with a helmet so they could uh, heat the head specifically. And uh, again, they, they would give people uh, mental uh, tests, uh, uh, mental calculation and, and memory and so on. Uh, and they found that when they heated the head uh, up to, uh, I think, 101 degrees or, or slightly more, uh, their mental uh, abilities increased with each degree of, of uh, warmer. Uh, and if you look at, at uh, some fairly small-brained animals, uh, if they have a high body temperature, uh, like crows and parrots uh, run around with uh, well over 105 degrees Fahrenheit temperature, uh, with a very small brain, they're extremely intelligent. Uh, so it isn't brain volume, it's, it's a combination of brain volume plus the working temperature. Uh, the warmer uh, you can uh, stand, uh, uh, you don't want to force yourself to get warmer because your your liver has to keep supplying a good stream of, of glucose and your lungs have to regulate the, the the oxygen delivery efficiently. But if your system can stand it, the brain works better the warmer it is. Yeah. So again, um, the mechanism for cold hands and feet, is it... Is it Totally thyroid or other other things going on? Uh, yeah, the, you can't have cold hands and feet uh, except during stress. Emotional stress raises your ah. your uh, adrenaline and will make your hands and feet and nose get cold. But uh, if your thyroid is low, you experience stress uh, almost all the time. So people run around uh, doing their business with cold hands and feet and wonder why they're they're inefficient. Uh, uh, if you're highly stressed, for example, during the night, cortisol rises to a peak in the morning because mm-hmm. your blood sugar is falling. Mm-hmm. Low, low thyroid people have extremely high cortisol in the morning, uh, as well as sometimes adrenaline. That can make your morning temperature misleadingly warm because the cortisol is tearing down your proteiny tissues to turn them into glucose. My goodness. And and the adrenaline will make your skin cold to um, increase your core temperature. So it can be misleading unless you check uh, all of those things. The the cortisol and uh, adrenaline will show up as your uh, increased morning temperature and heart rate. But then if you have some orange juice and milk, for example, a couple of hours later, if your temperature and pulse rate are slower, that means you're under heavy stress during the night. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's back to uh, uh, our reaction to this world around us. Uh, what we call stress is a huge player in, in, in well, everything, right, Mr. B? Uh, yeah, everything yeah. is everything. less stressful when, when your thyroid is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we had a good thyroid medication possible, are you okay with, with people doing that for a little bit to keep your thyroid up, or do you like to do other ways I'll recommend other ways to to get the thyroid just working good. Uh, Sure, unless you're eating uh, uh, chicken neck soup or fish head soup uh, every week, uh, everyone really uh, needs a a certain amount of thyroid supplement by the time they're they're 30 or 40. Chicken neck soup or fish head soup, really? 
Um, yeah, if, if you're on a, a farm or or where you get the the unprocessed the real good stuff. Yeah, thing, uh, yeah the, uh, for a while at Safeway stores, I found that chicken necks uh, contained uh, about one in ten contained the whole thyroid gland. But uh, uh, when, when I mentioned that, everyone started buying it, and uh, the Safeway stopped selling their their necks because uh, they didn't want to get in trouble with. FD, the uh, agriculture department. Oh, you mean so if you could find some good, uh, just chicken necks from farmer's market or something, they'd probably have a yeah. little thyroid in there and just cook it soup and make some of that? Yeah, I'll yeah, that, that works just like the pill. I'll be doing Oh, we have so many emails here. Let's see we can uh, let's see what we can do here. Here's what I'm confused about. Um, many practitioners who support Dr. Pete's ideas of reducing PUFAs in favor of saturated oils, always make an amendment for people that carry APOE4 gene, like myself. For this population, the advice is to lower the amount of saturated fats and use more mimosa and more and polys because they can't utilize these fats properly. They become plaque in the arteries and brain, leading to Alzheimer's. Does, does Mr. Pete have a um, at my at my recent newsletter on cholesterol, I, there were two of them, uh, but I review the effects of PUFA on plaque and cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And uh, with aging, the free cholesterol in the brain drastically decreases. People talk about the cholesterol increasing with age, but free cholesterol is decreasing because it's being bound to polyunsaturated fats, which make it toxic, and it piles up in the brain and lowers brain metabolism and brain function. And in the plaque, it, it's the in proportion to the PUFA attached to the uh, cholesterol uh, as an ester form that makes the plaque. It's uh, I, In that newsletter, I go in detail over how the Enzymes are changed under the influence of PUFA. So the plaque is strictly a matter of excess PUFA. Uh, about 40 years ago, uh, people checked the lipofuscin content, basically yellow fat disease of the arteries, mm-hmm. uh, and, and found that the plaque was uh, loaded with uh, lipofuscin, the degenerated form of uh, free fatty acids. So back to the poofas again. Just don't mm-hmm. don't eat these things. Uh, yeah, they they cause plaque as well as other problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's pa- in medical books too. What's that, Adam? That is actually in medical books that the plaque is formed of huh. poofas, and they wish people to believe that they're saturated fatty acids doing it, and it's not. Hmm. For for um, about forty years, the agriculture department was listing lard as a saturated fat. So there are hundreds of publications on so-called saturated fat uh, damage, uh, and they were using lard as their saturated fat. And two or three years ago, it came out someone measured uh, the <laughs> lard saturation, found that it was about thirty percent PUFA. Oh, you, you're talking about the the uh, hydrogenated uh, classic Crisco or something like that. Uh, uh, fully hydrogenated yeah. uh, fat is very safe. Uh, there was a Russian study of 
using saturated peanut oil, uh, very hard uh, 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 saturated fat uh, shortening, and they found that it reversed the aging changes in mitochondria. Wow. Um, and since that time, I've shifted to using uh, hydrogenated coconut oil, which is now available on the Internet. And that's okay. That's good. Uh, very good, yeah, because it has zero PUFA. Okay. Is it actually hydrogenated or just kind of pure or virgin coconut oil, right? Um, uh, no, it's actually uh, chemically hydrogenated. Oh, but that's okay. Uh, and uh, Yeah, we're looking for ways to uh, get the pure saturated form by uh, distillation or something other than uh, uh, the, the chemical treatment. Uh, that that isn't available yet, but it would be the ideal. Mm-hmm. Any advantages over like a good coconut oil like that or uh, maybe a well-sourced uh, like a organic farmer that's doing pigs or something and you get the real pure fat that way? Is there any any uh, any, yeah, any uh, preference for it in your mind? In in Mexico, where out in the country where you can get chickens or pork that were fed on fruit and and uh, uh, tortillas and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, rather than uh, soy and corn, uh, they're uh, very safe to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here here's an email. Patrick and Adam have been recently discussing Dr. Emanuel Ravisi and his use of the periodic table. Of to correlate catabolic and anabolic imbalances in the body. Can Mr. P discuss how the thyroid might be an influence to those states and how we supplementing with thyroid extract could be possibly correct the imbalances? Uh, uh, yeah, Ravisi was very good on noticing the effect of, of the day-night cycle. Uh, and uh, uh, I uh, started thinking about that about 40 or 50 years <laughs> ago, that the, you have to look at the hormones in context. Uh, if your liver is in very good condition uh, and uh, your muscles are working right, uh, your body should store several ounces, maybe 10 ounces of sugar, uh, which can be drawn on during the night. And if you didn't store your sugar efficiently because you were not, not producing lactic, uh, not producing carbon dioxide, but instead lactic acid, that wastes your sugar. <clears throat> So during the night, uh, you run out of sugar, and that raises your uh, adrenaline and cortisol, and you start breaking down your tissues, releasing whatever fat is stored, and uh, that's what causes bone loss during the night, for example. Uh, and uh, if, if you can uh, keep your, your body well stocked on sugar, uh, uh, then you can avoid that nighttime deterioration stress. Well stocked with sugar, and how do we do that? Um, uh, avoiding the PUFA is mm-hmm. the essential thing, uh, and uh, e- eating adequate carbohydrate. I've, I've known people who uh, got very sick when they were on a pure meat diet because of, of several reasons, uh, a poor balance of uh, amino acids, but mainly the high phosphate content mm-hmm. uh, creates stress and increases the cortisol and adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Gail writes that sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and uh, like Patrick talks about sometimes, this is funny, have some kind of a carbohydrate and it just puts me back to sleep like a little baby. And Gail, she wants to, say, she wants to know what's going on in my body when it reacts like that to a carbohydrate uh, 
Um, a salt has a similar effect because it's mm. needed to absorb the sugar from your intestine. And uh, when when you have too much PUFA in your body, that uh, poisons the ability to produce carbon dioxide from sugar. And so in making uh, lactic acid from glucose, you use several times more glucose per minute uh, than when you're making carbon dioxide. It just churns through the, the stored glycogen in, in your body. So within an hour or two of of going to sleep, your, your body rings the alarm that you need more, more sugar, uh, turns on the stress hormones. Uh, and so if you have uh, sometimes just a little salty snack will do it because that makes your intestine absorb the sugar more efficiently and, and lowers stress hormones. But uh, uh, for example, a, a tablespoon of sugar in, in a glass of milk uh, uh, could be honey. Uh, will uh, usually put a person back to sleep for a couple hours. And, but you said he actually a salty snack would do the same thing. Uh, very often it does. <laughs> uh, uh, I've uh, seen people with hyperactive kids who never wanted to go to bed uh, gave them a little bit of uh, salty consomme or something and just write out like they'd been given a shot of uh, morphine or something. I'll be darned. I mean, uh, here is Mark. He's in Tennessee. Uh, whenever I drink coffee with sugar, when I drink orange juice, I develop slight heartburn for a short period of time. How might I alleviate this problem? What could be the cause? Um, good oranges are very important. Um, much of the orange juice uh, that's sold commercially is from unripe oranges. And if they accidentally happen to get ripe oranges, they add acid to it to make it taste, <laughs> oh, good. taste like people expect. Uh, so uh, good sweet oranges are very easy on the stomach. And coffee, uh, the, the various brands vary, but coffee is always somewhat acidic. And it's much easier on the stomach if you put uh, some good heavy cream in it as well as sugar. And that kind of smooths out coffee, doesn't the heavy cream? Uh, yeah, makes it taste better and is much easier on the stomach. And you absorb the caffeine more slowly. Mm -hmm. Overall, you're okay generally. Uh, I'm sorry, I, don't, I haven't read a lot of your work. Just get so busy here. But just with good uh, good dairy and cheese and, and things like that, you think uh, the body's okay with all those things? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, cheese and eggs and milk and occasional uh, uh, shellfish. Uh, I think it's, it's the average person uh, benefits from having liver two or three times a month because uh, so many of the foods are unreliable for uh, nutritional content. Uh, shellfish has uh, hell, shellfish has a lot of cholesterol, but we want to keep our cholesterol up, though, right, Mister P? Um, uh, yeah, the, the cosmetics companies have caught on to the fact that old people's free cholesterol decreases tremendously. Uh, the skin hmm. aging is basically a cholesterol deficiency uh, syndrome, the way Alzheimer's disease, it, it gets the uh, fatty acid ester, which is toxic, but the real cholesterol is down by about 50% in aged skin. The cosmetics companies are, are building on experiments which showed that if you add cholesterol to the skin, it restores uh, the uh, the cell function 
live cells come back, the dead flaky cells aren't produced when, when there's adequate cholesterol. So they're actually adding cholesterol to the cosmetic creams. No, uh, and uh, that biologically is, is very uh, appropriate because uh, the reason old people need more vitamin D is because vitamin D is made when sunlight hits the cholesterol in the skin. Uh, and if you're old, the skin has only half as much cholesterol as a young person, so you uh, produce half as much vitamin D. So an old person just doesn't, they, they need twice as much sunlight as a young person. Oh. A lot of studies we've recently seen, uh, Mr. Peter, out of Europe about the higher the cholesterol number for people 60, 70, and 80, the longer they live. Um, yeah, there, there were studies in the U.S. too uh, in which uh, people in, in rest homes and such, they looked at their cholesterol and checked how long they lived. Uh, 250, 260 were the longest uh, living. Uh, it, it's the same idea. It's uh, uh, if you look at how much uh, how much progesterone uh, an ovary produces, it's exactly proportional to uh, the amount of cholesterol in the blood going into the ovary. Same with your adrenals and brain, any tissue. It, it makes its uh, hormones. Uh, like DHEA, pregnenolone, and progesterone, uh, by converting uh, cholesterol straight into the steroid hormone. And to do that, uh, thyroid is the catalyst. Do you, uh, do you do you have a number that you go by that you'd like to see the minimum cholesterol so people can do the whole hormone thing, testosterone and, and the rest of it? Uh, uh, yeah, 180, 180. Is, yeah. is good for a middle-aged person, but... By the time a person is 50, according to the Framingham study, uh, the incidence of Alzheimer's disease is higher in people who are not over 200 in their cholesterol. Uh-huh. Patrick, uh, this is an interesting question from Leroy. Patrick recently had a good friend that had a brain aneurysm and just just left. Um, can, can Mr. Uh, Pete explain uh, the overall mechanism of strokes, whether they be in the brain or other parts of the body? Um, uh, yeah, the, the experimenters have produced aneurysms in as short a time as one hour, uh, giving uh, the angiotensin hormone. Uh, you produce angiotensin when the kidneys aren't getting what they need. Hmm. Uh, the kidneys send out a signal renin, which causes many tissues to produce angiotensin, uh, and the angiotensin-converting enzymes, uh, uh, the inhibitors, uh, are used as drugs. Uh, that's one of the few drugs that has a, a logical basis. Uh, if you uh, give an animal an overdose of angiotensin, it immediately uh, damages the, the artery so much that it has an aneurysm. And if you block that uh, angiotensin, uh, you can reverse aneurysms, uh, simply restoring the energy to, to the blood vessels. And uh, you don't produce excess angiotensin if your kidneys are getting the, the blood supply they need, the nourishment they need. And so thyroid and a, a diet adequate and, and free of PUFA it is what keeps your kidneys uh, getting the nutrients they need so they don't 
raise your angiotensin. So that could be the connection with the kidneys and the filtration and the, uh, the classic blood pre- high blood pressure and, and, the, and the strokes? Um, yeah, uh-huh. and, and uh, salt is, is another thing that uh, guarantees adequate blood volume, uh, perfusing the kidneys so they don't produce those uh, toxic uh, angiotensin uh, oh. reactants. Uh, salt lowers your aldosterone, uh, produced by the adrenals, uh, and aldosterone uh, works parallel to the angiotensin, causing tissue degeneration. Uh, there are now drugs coming out to to lower or oppose and uh, aldosterone to pr- uh, protect the failing heart. Uh, high aldosterone is produced by chronic deficiency of sodium in your diet, and aldosterone causes uh, fibrosis, aging of all of the tissues, but the heart is usually the first one that shows up the effect as heart failure. So the the low-sodium diet is one of the most dangerous things. And that's why some people, I think, have a good experience maybe using salt before bed, even like a half a teaspoon just straight away with sleep. That makes makes sense, huh? Yeah, even a fourth of a teaspoon is, is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, here's an email from Robert. Does Ray Pete still drink three quarts of milk a day? And what are the yes. benefits of milk? You, are you still drinking three quarts of milk a day? Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, 20, 30 years ago, I drank a gallon a day. Really? <laughs> um, uh, the, the, uh, the problem with uh, grains and leaves is that the plants produce these defensive toxins. And if, if a cow... Uh, ate uh, those and didn't process uh, them in some way, uh, the cow would uh, succumb to all of those toxins. But the cow has an extra stomach that uh, lets bacteria and protozoa and yeast uh, process out those toxins. So it's a very complex chemical detoxifying process. Before the cow absorbs uh, the protein and amino acids and, and uh, uh, sugars into the blood. The, the plant material has been very detoxified, uh, so uh, you're getting all of those nutrients uh, multiply hmm. filtered, uh, filtered before it gets into the bloodstream and from the bloodstream to the other, it's filtered again. So it's the most highly refined and refined food that we can get economically. And I suspect you're talking about raw, really good grass-fed and all that stuff. Uh, Yeah, but even low-fat pasteurized uh, milk is still the best food available, even if it isn't uh, organic and and raw. No kidding. Really. I'm surprised to hear you say that because, I mean, there's so much negative stuff said about, Mr. Pete, about, uh, you know, pasteurizing milk and all of that. Uh, Yeah, it's better when it's uh, unpasteurized uh, and uh, uh, the the whole whole, whole milk is is, uh, super food but just uh, 1% milk uh, from the supermarket is is better than most alternatives. Hmm. Steve writes in, fats are fun, nothing like butter, coconut, how about wheat germ oil? I heard it helps build the myelin sheaths. Is that true? And what are the positive or negative effects of consuming Wheat germ oil, is it actually made from wheat, or if so, would there be concern about the source? Uh, 
um, the, the samples that I tried 30 or 40, 50 years ago always were chokingly rancid, uh, dark color uh, and uh, uh, deteriorated by oxygen uh, because it's so highly polyunsaturated. Uh, it, I think it's a, a, a very toxic oil. Uh, it, but it does have the vitamin E in it, so uh, if it if you've refined it to any degree, then it is a source of vitamin E. But I think it's very dangerous because of how easily it gets gets rancid. It's the same with lecithin. Uh, commercial lecithin uh, generally ranges ranges from yellow to brown to black, depending on how deteriorated it is. Uh, fresh lecithin is pure white, uh, and uh, it's the polyunsaturated fats turning to uh, pre, uh, pre-yellow fat. Hmm. Uh, it turns yellow uh, right in the bottle. Lots of lecithin in it, and really good uh, range. Uh, eggs, you like eggs? Yeah, um, uh, yeah if, if the chickens have been fed... Good stuff, uh, yeah. Good stuff, yeah. If, if they uh, range in a pasture and... In Mexico, people feed their chickens uh, tortillas <laughs> uh, and uh, such things, uh, vegetables, fruits, tortillas, and let them eat bugs. Uh, then the eggs are very saturated. I, I've looked up the degree of polyunsaturated fats in eggs over the last, uh, I think it was 80 years. <laughs> and uh, there's a tremendous, they're, the commercial eggs are now uh, mostly polyunsaturated fat, wow. where uh, 100 years ago they were extremely saturated. So I've reduced my uh, U.S. egg consumption to one per day, uh, figuring that I, I can uh, uh, count on detoxifying some of the PUFA. Yeah. So I wonder, repeat, um, farmers' markets around the country, you can find farmers that, you know, range feed their, their chickens, but sometimes they have to supplement and... You can find farmers that are doing good organic grains with no soy, even here in Dripping Springs, if you can believe it, no soy. Now, are those are those grains, even if they're well-tended organic grains, are they adding to the poofa in the eggs? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, they? Uh, and, and you want to check the box to see that they haven't uh, given them flax or, or any of the uh, omega minus 3 because those uh, make the egg taste fishy. Oh. So you want to make sure there's no flax? What else in the feed that they don't want? You know, just omega-3 stuff, right? Um, I, yeah, I don't know if it's even legal to put fish meal in, but for a while they were getting uh, oh. fish additives. Oh. Uh, so this is a good question, yeah. You've been talking so much about poopers, Mr. Pete. Can you just list some of the most uh, active and, and uh, popular poopers that uh, people are consuming? Oh, uh, fish oil, mm-hmm. uh, krill, krill oil, uh, uh, fatty fish, uh, people advocating uh, salmon, uh, but uh, I stopped eating salmon 45 years ago, I guess. Uh, and uh, uh, then the, the various cooking oils, uh, soy, corn, uh, safflower oil, mm-hmm. uh, uh all, all of the highly unsaturated oils uh, should be avoided perfectly. So salmon's a fatty fish. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. A lot of people eat salmon. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Is avocado filled with poopers as well? Says Lynn, which is the best liquid oil to cook with and the best oil to consume on salads besides olive oil? Good question um, there. If, if the avocado oil comes from the seed, it's pretty saturated and safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they use the whole fruit, that would be uh, very unsaturated. Uh, so I think you shouldn't eat uh, a lot of, of uh, fresh avocados regularly. Hmm. And so in, she's asking the best liquid that you like to cook with? I look at oil. Oh, yeah, oil, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I use a little uh, olive oil for some foods, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit of butter for frying eggs, mm-hmm. and, and for uh, uh, frying chicken wings, for example, uh, uh, saturated uh, hydrogenated coconut oil is ideal. Mm-hmm. Adam, are, are you familiar with, with what Ray, Pete's take, talking about this hydrogenation of coconut oil? I know you like coconut oil. Yes, I am. Definitely a lot of the coconut oils in the health food store are not pure oil. So huh. at the very least, you get a pure oil, which uh, Ray Pete used to get, if I remember right, from some company. Uh, but now the hydrogenated oil, I understand that he's uh, gone to. Huh. Uh, yeah, the, and the, it's the, been my experience because the coconut oil that's called virgin coconut oil often in the health food store Contrary to popular belief, because there are some poopas in there, it does go rancid. So I'd definitely take Dr. Pete's advice. Um, uh, ghee, too, right, uh, Mr. Pete? That's a good one. Isn't it ghee? Uh, some what? Ghee. Oh, ghee, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, fresh butter, it's just a, a, a way of... Uh, concentrating the fat from butter, but uh, I actually like the taste of, of fresh butter better than ghee, but ghee is nutritionally good. Yeah, yeah. Does Mr. Pete have an opinion about the TSH level? So many people vary on their on their numbers that they go by that would be a determination for our low thyroid. Um, the problem with TSH is that uh, it, the, the medical profession practically uh, totally ignores the factors that regulate TSH. When you're under stress, the stress hormones lower it, so you can look like you're hyperthyroid. You can have uh, 0.005 on your TSH and seem to be a hyperthyroid person, but but it could be Hmm. your stress hormones lowering it. And if you don't measure the stress hormones and and your T3, uh, reverse T3 is also in, increased by those same stress hormones. Uh, so people are being diagnosed as hyperthyroid when they're extremely stressed and hypothyroid with very low uh, real T3 relative to reverse T3. Uh, so you have to measure several things at the same time to know what the TSH means. Um, I've never seen a person who really felt good whose TSH was as high as 2.0. And people are healthiest when their TSH is 0.4 or less. Wow, that's Uh, pretty low. Wow. Yeah, the... the, um, the range has been adjusted 
down over the years, but then a couple of years ago, the uh, some pressure was exerted and they reversed and went back up for a while. But uh, the the safe range seems to be now recognized by a, quite a few experts as uh, 0.2 to 2.0. I'll be darn. That's pretty low. That's pretty. This is a good question. Uh, John says, uh, Patrick has talked from time to time and had an interview of a fellow up in Pennsylvania, oh, yeah, from Burdenham, Pennsylvania, Amos Miller, where you can actually buy fresh uh, thyroid from well-tended cows. Would Mr. Pete um, think it's a good idea to eat some of those? Um, yeah, you want to recognize the, the potency, though, yeah, when it's, my baby's when it's strong. actual. Yeah, one gram of dehydrated uh, gland is equal to 15 grains of thyroid. Uh, I knew someone who liked chicken necks when he worked on the farm, and uh, on the day they had chicken, he would uh, eat five necks. And he said that afternoon he was always uh, too hot to, to work very well. <laughs> uh, he, he was getting about five grains uh, in, in one meal, and, and that can make you overheat. Uh, so uh, one grain would be 15 well, one gram of, of dehydrated uh, beef thyroid would be equal to 15 grains of the medical. Oh, I see. It. So one gram of like a beef thyroid, if it's fresh or whatever it was, equals 15 grains yeah, of yeah. desiccated, right, of desiccated. Yeah, so you want to divide it into 15 portions. Yeah, be pretty uh, careful there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, please ask Mr. Pete what a person should do who's had their thyroid radiated. Oh, boy. Uh, then you you need to take thyroid. Uh, uh, probably the, the healthy young person's gland uh, produces about four grains of thyroid uh, uh, per day, uh, the equivalent. Uh, and uh, uh, doctors will often uh, supply only thyroxine, only T4, and that will suppress your TSH uh, down to uh, zero, but you aren't necessarily getting any thyroid function from that because uh, it depends on a good sugar supply and selenium for your tissues to convert T4 to, to the active T3. Uh, so uh, using a glandular thyroid uh, or the equivalent, such as Sinoplus or Thyrolar, uh, it is it, you should uh, think in terms of of a healthy person uh, being able to produce four grains per day. Uh, uh, you can usually maintain a good function at two grains, uh, but just in case symptoms show up, uh, uh, you, you shouldn't resist taking the, the full four grain supplement. Armor Company used to make. Uh, lots of five-grain tablets, and uh, uh, veterinarians generally recognized that cocker spaniels often uh, needed a five-grain tablet, even though they weighed maybe 50 pounds. Uh, and uh, lot, lots of human patients uh, required uh, five grains. I, I knew a couple people, one woman who was very sick for... Uh, uh, about 30 years, uh, her hips were about a yard wide, 
uh, and she uh, had to use a walker, uh, could barely get around. Uh, she found a doctor who would prescribe five grains, and she improved so much over a couple of months, she went to another doctor and got an additional five grains. And on 10 grains supplement, she was almost well. She found a third doctor and uh, taking 15 grains a day in just two or three weeks, uh, she was totally healthy and got a job. And uh, after 30 years of, of extreme that. hypothyroidism, it, that was apparently because her liver had been poisoned so that she wasn't able to convert the T4 component. And with 15 grains of armor thyroid, she was really getting the equivalent of a good four-grain function. Now, is, do I understand, is a grain, that's 60 milligrams? 60 or 61. Wow. I mean, that. so the body makes, what, 240 milligrams of healthy thyroid? Um, yeah, huh. when a, a healthy person is is working hmm. well, it can make that much. What does Mr. Pete think about uh, collagen from bone broths? Good for us? Um, yeah, if you don't use the the marrow, uh, avoid the long bones. Use just the joints so that there's a lot of uh, uh, cartilage and, and uh, ligaments. Uh, those are the, the source of the gelatin. Yeah. Uh, very little comes out of the bone itself. Oh, you mean like uh, uh, chicken feet and stuff like that? They have a lot of collagen. Uh, yeah, chicken backs and necks and huh. skin and wings. Uh, those are, are the greatest chicken soup. Mm. Are the cosmetic companies that Mr. P talked about adding LDL, HDL, or a combination to their skin creams? I don't. I assume that they were just using a, a fairly refined uh, uh, cholesterol rather than the yeah. uh, actual uh, stuff out of the bloodstream. Yeah. Here's from down in New Jersey. Do you think NAD IV treatment is safe? NAD. Never heard of that one. Ever heard? NAD. NAD IV treatment. Right. No, niacin amide. Raises your cellular NAD, uh, and that's what you want. Uh, but if you inject things uh, intravenously, uh, I think you're risking uh, uh, reactions on route to the cell. Uh, niacinamide is uh, taken up, and, and the cell does no harm in the cell, and is converted to uh, NAD so that you can raise it. Uh, in a safe way. Leslie is in Sacramento. Supposing we're on a good, well-balanced, totally organic diet, are there supplements that Mr. Ray Pete suggested that we should be taking just because we need them? Good question. It depends on what's in your diet. Yeah. Uh, uh, often people will include uh, green salad and uh, whole grain bread, and maybe legumes and and some things uh, that are high in toxins. Uh, the, the number of people who are chronically sick because they're eating uh, uh, green salads, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I, I've seen people uh, get well from chronic uh, problems just by leaving out their green salads. Well, what's with the lettuce? What's going on? It's the defensive chemicals in, in the leaf 
they aren't as intense as in the seed, but uh, they are designed to block digestive enzymes in the grazers, uh, cows, goats, and insects and worms and things that would eat their leaves get poisoned uh, unless they, like a cow, have a rumen to detoxify those. And people don't have the detoxifying system, and so their digestive enzymes are simply blocked by the chemicals in the, the leafy greens. Unless you cook them thoroughly, that breaks down a lot of the toxins. Yeah. So that's the argument for a lot of people, Ray Pete, of cooking cooking vegetables rather than raw. I know my grandma used to, she'd say, oh, yeah, you should cook your lettuce. You know, don't eat raw. Cook your lettuce. She, she lived in 96 and never was sick a day in her life. Huh. <laughs> yeah, she... She knew. Yeah, she knew, uh, <laughs> even, even without reading the research, apparently. Yeah, yeah. well, it's funny. Um, here's a lady that... Um, She's got swollen ankles a lot, knees, and um, both knees have knobs sticking out. I also have a pregnant-looking belly fat, and um, the wrists and knees are about two years old. And uh, I'm wondering if Mr. P would suggest like progesterone and maybe thyroid product for potential benefit. Um, uh, Yeah, the basic problem is usually that a low thyroid person has slow digestion, huh. and so foods are feeding bacteria in the intestine. The bacteria produce endotoxin, and if your intestine is irritated and hypothyroid, you absorb that endotoxin into the system uh, along with some allergens, and uh, so the combination of low thyroid and slow digestion will uh, cause uh, various inflammatory degenerative processes. And uh, when you're low thyroid, you aren't converting cholesterol to the protective hormones. And uh, so if your cholesterol is uh, very high, uh, that means you're probably deficient in those uh, protective uh, hormones like progesterone and pregnenolone and DHEA. And I've seen people supplement, uh, like a woman uh, came uh, visiting from Sweden uh, to, to give lectures in Eugene, and uh, she had had, I think it was two joints replaced, and was about to have uh, knee and shoulder replacements because her all of her joints were getting so deformed. Uh, she uh, spread progesterone over all of her body and spent two or three days in Eugene. Uh, walking around seeing the sights uh, with absolutely no joint pain. Gail writes in, I'm taking 90 milligrams of uh, pig thyroid, and I uh, feel good. I just wonder if I take it ongoing that it's harmful, or will my thyroid ever get back to doing things normally without the pig thyroid? Uh, People have experimented with that, um, experimentally, uh, giving higher and higher doses of a supplement, watching what is happening uh, with the gland's output. Uh, they would increase the dose until the thyroid shrank and stopped producing. Oh. And then they would stop the dosing and measure uh, the return. Uh, and it's almost immediate. Uh, I, I've seen people who uh, could uh, feel a stretching sensation when they were 
changing their thyroid dose. Uh, once I was uh, supplementing a full four-grain dose, and I noticed that I had indentations beside my Adam's apple where my thyroid had been. Uh, so I stopped taking it. The very next morning, my neck was smooth. The gland had enlarged enough to wow. fill out those empty spaces. Wow. Okay. So it's extremely fast at coming back when it's needed. So what are some of the key things that people should do uh, in lifestyle or diet if they want to start trying to cut down on the pig thyroid and get this baby working again? What would what would be some things that they would play with to not so they don't feel terrible, you know, uh, during the process? Uh, vitamin D hmm. is extremely important. It uh, works right along with the thyroid mm-hmm. to regulate uh, sugar because calcium regulates everything and and vitamin D is an important calcium regulator along with thyroid. Uh, and uh, uh, people uh, sometimes are depressed or have other uh, nervous symptoms just because they're vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. But vitamin D, uh, part of what it does is to suppress the parathyroid hormone. Oh. Uh, when When you're low in calcium and vitamin D, the parathyroid hormone tears the calcium out of your bones to keep your blood level uh, where it should be or higher. And that causes uh, many degenerative symptoms. Uh, And uh, eating about 2,000 milligrams of calcium per day, I think, is is pretty close to ideal if your vitamin D is also up around the middle of the uh, range on, on the blood level. So what else? Uh, can we get enough vitamin D from the sun, in your opinion? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but if if you're over 50, uh, your time in the sun <clears throat> has to be uh, much longer than when you were younger. Uh, and it, it takes uh, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the United States is usually the only time that you're going to get uh, like a whole body exposure. Uh, in 30 minutes, you can do it right at the middle of the day. And you want to get it on the skin, right? Uh, yeah, it has to be directly onto the skin. So to boost up thyroid function while you're cutting back, uh, you mentioned vitamin D, calcium, anything else? Um, uh, enough uh, good sugar in the diet. Sugar. That's why I recommend orange juice. Ah. Uh, a quarter or two of orange juice is, is very supportive to your thyroid. That'll be done. Adam, what, what's your, didn't you say uh, uh, orange juice at a certain time? Is it is it the best thing for the thyroid? What was it, uh, 9 o'clock at night or midnight? Well, I usually take it in the morning, but it's good anytime. And I can tell you one thing, that oranges, I won't go into details, changed my life. It was one of the most important things I learned from Ray Pete. Uh-huh. I've been eating one almost every day for six years since I first heard Ray Pete. I'll be doing <laughs> a, a couple of people have told me that their melanoma uh, disappeared or got under control uh, when they started drinking a lot of orange juice. <laughs> but see, I've always heard you guys that oh, there's just so much sugar in orange juice. You don't want to drink orange juice, you know? Uh, yeah, there, there are <laughs> advertising conspiracies <laughs> against salt and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Does Ray Pete have any opinion on John Ellis Water from Maggie in New York? Uh, no, I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what that is either. Do you know what that is, Adam, John Ellis Water? No. By the way, on a kind of an offbeat question, a yeah. friend of mine will not forgive me if I don't ask this. Okay. What does Ray Pete think about 
pleomorphism. Pleomorphism. Is that like an uh, other thing, another earth, other than earthly being, you know, on, on, on prime, prime video? Or what is pleomorphism? Uh, uh, apparently a bacteria can change into a virus, vice versa, and other things like that. And anyway, a friend of mine would mm-hmm. like the answer to that. Um, uh, yeah, the, that, the, there is a lot to that, but uh, the particular practitioners, uh, I sort of, I think, drove it into the ground by uh, trying trying to sell their particular treatments. But hmm. uh, yeah, there there are, are uh, various alternative forms, uh, and uh, it relates to a, a bigger question. Uh, we actually have pleomorphic cells, stem cells in our tissues, uh, which are pleomorphic in the sense that they uh, are pluripotent. Uh, uh, they can develop into what we need unless we're poisoning them with PUFA and heavy metals and radiation. Uh, and uh, our, our tissues should be able to change uh, form as needed. Uh, and uh, uh, incidentally, when you eat a particular food, uh, like beef or or chicken or fruit, uh, you are absorbing and integrating some of their DNA into your own structure, and uh, that increases, I think, in the long run, our capacity to uh, uh, produce the changes that that we need. Uh, we have. Only, only about 5% of our DNA is really in use, and we have that big reserve that, that we can draw on uh, under stress. Hmm. Interesting. I've heard that. They call that horizontal DNA versus the vertical uh, DNA. Right. Yeah. You guys are geeks with horizontal and vertical, man, I tell you. Horizontal <laughs> transmission of, of DNA. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's a good question. Leon, late at night, I have a very, very slight teeth chattering, and not because I'm cold. Does Ray Pete have an opinion on what could be the cause and the cure of that one? I think that's, again, the adrenaline. Oh, the adrenaline. Uh, hmm. Yeah, uh, and sugar and salt and uh, calcium, uh, milk, milk and vitamin D are, are behind the, the thyroid function to keep your blood sugar steady. So let's see. The, so he could increase uh, the sugar and salt, and that would lower adrenaline, which would increase thyroid, and, and then lower that down. So that you think it's the adrenaline hit that's the teeth, teeth chattering? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Interesting. Lynn wants to know, what digestive enzymes would be helpful for eating more raw foods or even cooked foods? Nothing. Well, you could eat fungal enzymes to, to break down cellulose and such, but the, the problem is that you get traces of the fungus along with the oh, enzyme. So I think it's better to try to not break down cellulose in your intestine. The cellulose is having a good function to sort of sweep things along, uh, uh, help them not to be reabsorbed. Your liver excretes toxins into the bile, and if you have fiber moving through your intestine, uh, that will prevent that toxin being reabsorbed so that you can excrete it. Hmm, interesting. Um, oh, here's a good uh, People are, are hearing a lot of uh, so much about too much stomach acid, 
not enough stomach acid. You know, after Jonathan Wright did his whole thing, well, everybody over 50 doesn't have enough stomach acid. They should take HCL or apple cider vinegar. What's your experience with it in research? And would there be a reason why just because somebody is 50, 60, or 70, uh, revolutions around the sun or age, that they would just not have enough stomach acid to do their thing? Um, yeah, the, the thyroid is really the source of acid. There um, you go, back to the thyroid again. My yeah, uh, oxygen is named, uh, means the source of acid. Is, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, thyroid acidifies your tissue with carbon dioxide production, carbonic acid. And that should keep your uh, cells inside acidic and outside relatively basic. Hmm. And the stomach depends on that carbon dioxide production uh, to produce the hydrochloric acid. Fascinating. So uh, inability to use oxygen and thyroid uh, increases with age because of the PUFA and heavy metal accumulation. And and so getting your, your thyroid metabolism right will usually... Uh, improve all of your digestion, including the acid. Interesting. So so maybe a lot of this low-acid stuff that we're hearing is all coming back to this uh, plethora or just uh, epidemic proportions of uh, underactive thyroid. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, wow. Uh, but by the tests that were used up to 1940, uh, easily 40% of the American population is hypothyroid just by the medical standards up to 1940. Then the drug companies got involved, sold their phony tests, like the protein-bound iodine test <laughs> in the late 1940s, convinced everyone who had been taking thyroid, uh, they showed normal on that test, and so they stopped taking thyroid. Doctors taught everyone that the reason they're, they're fat and lethargic is because of their bad character uh, rather than low thyroid, because the test showed they were normal. <laughs> Twenty years later, that test was shown to be absolutely unrelated to thyroid function. Uh, uh, so for 20 years, people were indoctrinated uh, to believe that 95% of the population has good thyroid function, where it was a phony test. But on the basis of that belief that only 5% might be hypothyroid, the, the, the new tests, TSH, uh, is meaningfully related to thyroid, although uh, ambiguously. But uh, those new tests were uh, interpreted in terms of the 95% not needing thyroid. Uh, so no matter how good a test it is, if your uh, assumptions are wrong, the test isn't going to do you any good. So, so um, if we take supplemental iodine, uh, alugols, or, or detoxified the Edgar Casey thing, does that help the the uh, the thyroid function? Um, no, no. Uh, and o- over the years, it's likely to make it worse. Oh, good. Most uh, <laughs> iodized salt uh, is usually uh, around the world where they have iodized the salt, they see increased thyroid gland degenerative conditions, uh, increased nodules, uh, inflammation, uh, Hashimoto's disease, and so on. You can produce it by just a moderately excess of iodine. 
So, so you're not. A, I, I take it then you're not a supporter of taking a, a supplemental iodine at all. I no. I okay. would, seafood once once a week eating seafood gives you all the iodine mm-hmm. you can use. And again, you said the low fat. I, I've written it down, but the low fat fish are cod and sole. Uh, uh, sole. Cod and sole. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, is there an adrenal supplement we can take to lower the adrenal uh, um, problem? Writes uh, Robert. Um, the, the if you're on a farm, the adrenal gland is very good nutritionally. It contains pregnenolone, mm-hmm. and a small supplement of pregnenolone if you can find a safe source, which I can't. Huh. But uh, pregnenolone used to be a, a good, uh, reliable. Support for adrenal problems, but it's hard. You can't find a clean one, Mister Pete. Um, uh, yeah, uh, everyone is uh, tending. To, uh, women get breast pain or or uterine cramps from it, which means it's probably contaminated with estrogens. Mm-hmm. George wants to know what's Mister Pete's opinion on uh, hemp, the plant, hemp plant, and uh, the hemp oils or the hemp protein. Are these worth looking at? Uh, protein is is okay. The hemp protein, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, you ha- have the seed protein problem. It it should be properly processed. Uh, lime processing would would make it more digestible. But uh, the the oils are highly unsaturated, so I think it's good to be very cautious with them. They're they're poofers. Uh, yeah. Linda wants to know what the negative effects of flax seeds are. There negative effects in flax seeds. Uh, um, the the, um, the high polyunsaturated is the main problem. Uh, there are some good components, but some bad. Most people who use the flaxseed as a laxative or bulk are absorbing very little uh, of the substance. So it's, if you're using it as a bulk fiber, it's okay. You aren't you aren't absorbing much of the bad stuff. Mm. They have some good, uh, well, theoretically good organic psyllium husk kind of fiber things, and uh, are those reasonable things to, to, to take? Um, uh, yeah, some people mm-hmm. are do okay uh, with them. The, the, yeah, some people do very well. Others get more constipated with it, so yeah. you have to try out the fiber. Uh, bam- cooked bamboo shoots are good, safe fiber for most people. Uh, well cooked mushrooms work for fiber for lots of people. How are we doing? Uh, uh, raw carrots worked for me for about 20 years, but then I, I developed bacteria that, that could eat the carrots, apparently. <laughs> Dom wants to know, is there any way to regrow tooth, teeth enamel? Uh, only in the most superficial mm-hmm. sense. Uh, before it has penetrated to the dentine, uh, the uh, proteins of the enamel can uh, capture uh, calcium from the environment and reconstitute the seal. But once it has entered the the dentine, uh, then it should be uh, treated with a filling of some sort. Mm-hmm. A couple more, then we'll let you go, Mr. Pete. You've been very generous with your time. Thank you. We really enjoy this. So would drizzling a bit of lemon juice on a salad help to break down the anti-digestive toxins in the raw greens? Uh, no. No? Hmm. Doesn't do it. You know, it's interesting you mentioned about the raw vegetables. You know, in Ayurvedic medicine, I'm kind of a fan and studied it somewhat over the years. I'm no expert. But they're not very big on raw vegetables at all. Just nothing, nothing. 
cook cook them cook them they say mm-hmm. you know five thousand year old method so maybe on to something um are scrambled <laughs> eggs cooked eggs uh poached eggs um um any different um, yeah uh, uh, raw eggs are nutritionally uh very very good uh, they have an antiviral effect in the intestine mm-hmm. uh, the, the the fresh form but uh, cooked uh, they're extremely nutritious except for the cumulative effect of the pufa oh you mean it just depends on the on their diet and you got to be really be careful about that well mr pete it's been uh, so much fun having you on thanks well we won't wait so long would you come back again sometime Oh, sure, any time. Oh, that'd be great. It'd be fun to have you on. Adam, do you have anything else you'd like to uh, say or, or ask Mr. Pete or whatever? Uh, on uh, one the, more thing. Go ahead, Ray. One, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. One more thing about uh, to validate the DHA thing is that a salmon is lucky. It's a high DHA, and it's lucky if it lasts to nine years. An orange ruffy is the lowest fish of all in DHA, and it lives to 149 years. Really? The one Ruffy I, does? And that's, I, I've heard 300 years. That's, <laughs> oh, come on. A fish can't live 100 years, can they? Oh, sure. Really? Yeah, some of them, I'm sure some are older than that. Isn't that amazing? So the salmon only lived, well, salmon, though, that they swim upstream and get girls and stuff. I mean, you know, no wonder they die early, you know. <laughs> when, when they feed uh, fish fish oil, uh, they lose endurance and age quickly. I'll be darned, yeah. And, boy, when you talk about fish, too, folks, be careful about all this. You know, you go to some stores and they say responsibly farmed fish, and you have no idea what that means. I have no idea what they're feeding them. I think Whole Foods has some pretty good standards, but be careful. I would suspect, or repeat, that the wild fish Atlantic uh, would be a good choice. If you uh, the uh, southern uh, fish around the equator have the least uh, pufa. Oh, and which one? Oh, so they're back. Is that back to the cod and the sole? Um, they are still. Uh, pretty high in PUFA, but uh, you you pretty much have to live in the region to get the warm water fish. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well Mr. Pete, thank you so much. We appreciate oh, okay. it. Tell, tell folks before you leave what they might find if they visit raypete.com. Oh, oh uh, lots, there are about 100 articles there on all the subjects we've talked about. Hundred are and do you have a, your own private kind of newsletter? Uh, yeah, every two months uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. It's twenty eight dollars for two years. Oh, for man, I'm going to sign up for that guy. Twenty eight bucks for two years. God love you. That's great. And what part of the world do you live in? Uh, Eugene, right now, Oregon. Ah, man, yep, on the left coast. Yeah, <laughs> Eugene, Oregon. Uh. Oh, and uh, when a listener wants to know how old you are, if you don't mind. 82. No. Really? Yep. Well, you don't sound like a day over 50. That's great. <laughs> 82. 82. And you're, you're, you're in good health? You feel good? Uh, yeah, I haven't been to a doctor, so I don't really know. 50 years, <laughs> 50 years without seeing one. Yeah. Our friend Adam here, he's 75 around the sun. I'm 72, and we're always kidding people. Say, okay, now when you guys start to listen to 
some of us folks over 70 revolutions about longevity. That's, you know, rather than the kids on YouTube who are 30 telling you how to live a long time. It's funny. <laughs> they all mean well, though. They all mean well. Well, Mr. Pete, Pete is an artist, too. Oh, you are? What do you paint, Doc? Uh, oh, there are some some of my pictures from 20 years ago are up on my website. I, ah, great. Well, we'll keep in touch. We'd love to have you back anytime, and uh, thanks for being here this morning. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ray Pete. Well, Mr. Adam, thank you for being here. That was fun, huh? It was. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yeah. It was great. Great having you guys on. And he's quite, I had no idea that he was uh, 82 revolutions around the sun. Man. Yeah, he's doing great, too. Yeah. I like that. He doesn't know how healthy he is because he hasn't been to a doctor to get it validated. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's the way it goes, man. All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your ongoing support. And, and uh, well, we really lost a good one with Andrew, right? Wasn't that a pretty amazing? We did. Quite a shock. Quite a shock. But like uh, Donald Lay said, uh, like it or not, we all survive our decent burial. We all survive our decent burial. We sure do. Okay, Adam, we love you. Say hi to a vibrant gal. We'll probably be connecting with you during open phones tomorrow. Love you, bet. Okay, bye-bye. Patrick Timponi, Andrew, oh, no, see, I just talked thinking about Andrew. Ray Pete and, and uh, Adam Bergstrom will have this uh, show up on the website uh, very soon, oh, a couple hours, and uh, this would be a good one to pass on to everyone that you care about, especially folks uh, with a thyroid, and I think most of us have it. Just a few of those got your thyroid nuked, but even then he has some ideas for you. So I love you all very much again. Thank you for your uh, outpouring of love and support with uh, Andrew Goss going on his cosmic vacation. Suddenly, it's been just amazing. My inbox just doesn't stop. And Facebook and, well, it's just, uh, I know the family really, really appreciates it. They heard the, the little show we did yesterday. They were listening and they really appreciate uh, all the love and support you had for annual and I, I you know again I'm just I was just so fascinated I you know I know he had a big impact and had a big audience but to the extent that people really cared about him and loved him and felt like they knew him was just you know I should have realized that but boy I sure do now anyway so I love you all very much thanks for your ongoing support of our website don't forget there's uh, over 1200 hours of um, just Andrew Goss 1200 one hour shows of Andrew Goss, uh, and that'll be available to you at no cost, and you can have your education, uh, your PhD, and and uh, um, financial history, and, uh, and the way the money deal works. And uh, thanks for your support to all the products we promote. That's how we pay the bills and our house payment. We appreciate that uh, you support the people that we really like, and we we know so many of these people, and we really do know this source. So. Thanks uh, for buying stuff through our website. I love you all very much, and I'll see you tomorrow. Open phones.